This show is for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Parental discretion is advised. You're listening to The Emperor and the Emperor's Court on World of Warcraft Radio. Ooh, babe, is that your epic mount or are you just happy to see me? All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skins and going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is I, the Emperor of Clan Imperial Guard, coming to you live from Cleveland, Ohio tonight, and you're listening to a resurrected version of the Emperor's Court here on World of Warcraft Radio, WCRadio.com. Well, folks, it's been quite a while since last we did this show. I believe I started the show back in 2005 for the original WC Radio, uh, the old World, World of Warcraft Radio under Athlas, so I'm resurrecting it, bringing it back. This time, it's not going to be about much about uh, World of Warcraft. It's going to be all about games, reviews, things going on in the industry, news items I find interesting. Who knows? Anything that I like, you're going to hear about. Anyways, folks, since I understand a lot of you will probably be new listeners, some introductions are in order. And I'm all about introductions. So, here's who I am. Uh, as I just said, I am the Emperor. Um, I've been broadcasting actually online probably since about 2002. Uh, I'm an award-winning shoutcaster and play-by-play man for eSports. I've called everything from Warcraft 3 to World of Warcraft, uh, Empire Total War, Rome Total War, Unreal Tournament, Team Fortress, you name it, I've done it. Uh, and I say award-winning. The last, actually, big award I won was a few months ago. I believe World of Warcraft, I'm sorry, Blizzard had a World of Warcraft shoutcast competition, 2009. And I actually ended up winning that and got to take home a very nice prize. It was a nice big 30-inch Dell monitor. That was awesome. There as I adjust the volume there, folks. Anyways, this is not a live recording. This is actually a podcast. I actually do a live broadcast for World of Warcraft uh, radio. Uh, every Friday night from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard, I do the eSports Empire with Emperor. We do primarily, as I just said, eSports, things like Warcraft 3, uh, last couple weeks have been doing Team Fortress. So if you like what you hear tonight, if you want to see some more competition, more play-by-play, you want to get involved in that, definitely stop by the live show. We're always willing to uh, bring in new players. The community is growing. More than welcome to listen to. Anyways, on to the show tonight. Now, this is going to work a little different for my live listeners tuning in this evening. And that the podcast obviously, unfortunately, has very little to no interaction with my with my normal listener base. There's still a couple ways you can involve in the show. Let's say, for instance, you like a topic I discussed tonight. Maybe you have a comment or a question. Maybe you have a news article or something you want to bring up yourself. It's real simple. There's two ways you can get in contact with me. Either you can send me a regular snail or a regular email to emperor at wcerator.com, detailing out exactly what it is you want to say. I'll take some of the best ones and play them on the air and respond to them as needed. Or and there's a and there's something else I want to I want to work on. Something else I want to try. And it's this. Sorry about that. Uh, it's a damn microphone. It's this. 
Let's say you, instead of writing an email, you've got a microphone at home, and you've got some kind of recording program, whether, whether it be the sound recorder that comes with Windows or AR Wizard or whatever it is you happen to use. If you want, you can record yourself asking your questions, saying your comment, anything up to about 45 seconds long, make it into an MP3, and forward it to me, email it to me at emperor at wserator.com. I will then play it on the air and respond to it that way rather than just reading off a generic email. I think that might be a little more interesting. You get to hear yourself on the radio. It's something a little different. Not a whole lot of people do it. One of the drawbacks of doing Internet radio is the lack of being able to take phone calls, which is something that on regular talk radio you can do. This is kind of a way to get around that. So you record it, send it to me. If I like it and it doesn't suck, I'll play it on the air, respond to it, and we'll go from there. Try to keep the profanity out of it, folks. I know this is a mature-rated show, but just the same... Let's keep the, the uh, cussing out of it. All right, so again, yeah, it could be a topic of interest, something you're responding to, something I said. Uh, maybe it's a music file. A lot of the music you're going to hear tonight is all video game music. I don't tend to use anything copyrighted or anything that uh, the RIAA might throw a piss fit about. So, again, that's how you can get in contact with me. Anyways, topics of discussion for this evening. Now, a couple of these might be a few weeks old, but simply because the original show, the pilot episode of this I had recorded got fragged along with my computer uh, last week, as most of my regular listeners are well aware of. So unfortunately, we're going to have to roll with it. Anyway, tonight's topics of discussion. Electronic Arts uh, recently had a Booth Babe issue. We'll get to that at uh, their uh, upcoming conventions. We have the World of Warcraft Armory application for iPhone users. You've got to be kidding me. Let's see, I have a review on Dynasty Warriors Empire 6 for the PlayStation 3. And I also want to get to the little controversy about StarCraft II and the uh, LAN issue. Again, that's kind of a dead topic. It's been around for a couple weeks. But I haven't got a chance to weigh in on it, and I wanted to do that. It's kind of important to me being a very big StarCraft player myself, and RTS in general. So we'll get to that, too. But first tonight is Electronic Arts. All right. Now, you might remember this from a couple weeks ago. I actually got the article off of... Uh, Kotaku.com. Electronic Arts came up with a new marketing campaign, a new idea that they had, and it was simply this. At every convention, much like you have at, say, uh, a car convention, a car show, a gaming convention, you have what are called booth babes. Models, hot, attractive women that are there to garner the attention of you, you people listening, losers, people who haven't know, don't actually get to see women, never get to interact with them. They obviously attract your attention as much as the games. It's a show, way to showcase off the industry. All right. Well, they have a new wrinkle in it. This year, Electronic Arts actually had the idea that if you could get yourself into some kind of provocative situation, some kind of really cool way to, to roll up on these booth babes and maybe throw your arm around them or do something, like I said, provocative, something disgusting, take a picture of it, and then send it to Electronic Arts' little Twitter account. They would then pick the best of those, and the winner would actually get to go on a date with this booth babe. Allow me to reiterate. You have to go up, do some kind of sexual innuendo thing to some poor, unsuspecting, brainless twit. And let's face it, folks, if you're going to be in there, if you're going to take a modeling job at a video game convention, you've got to be brainless. You're actually going to go up, take a picture with this poor unsuspecting woman, send it to a Twitter account to be posted by God knows who over God knows where, just so you can go on a date with some chick who wants nothing to do with you? That's brilliant! 
tell me there isn't tens and twenties and hundreds of ten-year-olds and and fifteen-year-olds trying to get go up to these poor women, grab their ass, pat them on the butt, you know, maybe kiss them on the cheek because their buddy's trying to take a picture. And of course, these babes know what's going on. These women are not stupid. It's pretty easy to spot which jackass is going to try and make a move on you. If they've got a pimply face, thick glasses, they walk with a hunch, and <laughs> they start breathing out of their mouth and laughing like a hyena. And one of them has a, you know, you always tell the buddy he's got a camera in his hand. <laughs> go, go ahead, man. I'll take a picture. You're not very subtle. They know you're coming. Personally, I hope they kick for the balls. I hope these women hold off and smack somebody. Maybe rake the eyes. It's brilliant on the fact of Electronic Arts actually doing this, because if nothing else, and I'm a firm believer that any publicity is good publicity, bad or otherwise, and you know there's going to be women's groups screaming bloody murder, you're going to have the, the feminazis out there and everybody for equal rights, and this is going to set women back a thousand years. Right, because it wasn't already going to set them back a thousand years for them to dress up in scantily clad clothing to stand next to a video game they know nothing about. Right, because they had a whole lot of dignity at that point. Uh, look, let's be honest. I'm not trying to bash the women for doing this. A job's a job. If you're hot and attractive and the best thing you can get is sitting next to a, a video game, then that's fine. You go where the money is. It's tough on everybody. It's a hard economy. However, I don't... And this is the other. This is the drawback to it. I don't know that Electronic Arts really has this... Has the... Uh, I don't know if they have the moral fiber to go ahead and do this to their own employees. Now, if these chicks know about this ahead of time and they agree to it, that's one thing. But every article I've read about this makes it seem like these poor women are unsuspecting. They don't know what's going to happen. Not to mention, do you really want to be up there having to fend off people trying to grab you, kiss you, sniff you, smell you? Who knows what they're going to do to all get a picture of you? I feel bad for those women. Even if they did sign up for this, I don't know that they really... I think they might have underestimated exactly uh, the loneliness that video game players in general experience. I mean, this is the first attractive woman within grasping distance? I don't know. I, I just feel bad for them. I, I, and yes, they did have a bit of a resolution. And I recently read a, a little while ago Electronic Arts actually had to issue an apology. Uh, look... EA knew going into this that they would have to do a tongue-in-cheek thing and make an apology and say, Oh, no, no, no. Our bad. We understand. We weren't trying to offend anyone. Bullshit. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew what kind of apology they were going to have to give out. They knew damn well that they were going to have to make some kind of placating noises to make sure everybody knew everything's on the up and up. They're not trying to piss anybody off. All right? But it's still... We're talking about it here. It's been on all kinds of news sites. It's been on forums. The people going to these conventions. It's been on their Twitter account. I, you know, Twitter is a fairly new technology, folks. If you were looking for a way to pimp out your Twitter account, what better way to do it? Give credit where credit is due. Yeah, it may be a low moral chauvinistic thing to do. But how brilliant! Nobody's come up with anything like this recently. And just when you think... The video game industry started to get a little stale. Just when you're looking for somebody to inject a little bit of life, a little bit of glamour, a little bit of hope into something that you don't normally see, EA steps forward and throws all of you guys a bone so that you guys can get a boner. How sad. 
Now, personally, I haven't actually seen any pictures of this, so I, and I've been looking around, and I have not been able to find out if EA actually stopped the contest before it began or after. But there's been a great furor about this. F-U-R-O-R, not F-U-H-E-R. F-U-R-H. You know what I'm talking about. Not speaking German, it's actually an English word. There's your grammar lesson for the day. But how win is that? So, all in all, I think EA is going to come out on top like this. And let's be honest, EA's reputation has seriously taken some shots in years past. For various reasons. Mostly because their online content sucks, they don't support their games, they re-release the exact same game year in, year out with very little changes. <coughs> Sporting games! You get the idea. You know, so... To all you guys out there who are thinking about if you roll up on these chicks, if they decide to go back and do this competition later in the you know later down the road, for that I say Go get her, Ray. Go for it. Get that picture. Get the, if nothing else, you can always tell your friends, look, this was my girlfriend. Look, this is when we went to a gaming convention together, and you may actually be able to pull it off. Especially if you maybe do a little bit of photoshopping. You know, that's a thought too. To all you socially inept people out there who would, you know, just assume faint as talk to a woman, why not Photoshop your way into it? Take a picture of a chick and then Photoshop yourself, like, next to her. Doing something, like, like, disgusting. Like, own her, you know, or sit behind her, like, pretend like you're smacking her ass and take a picture of that and Photoshop it. What better way? That way you avoid all of it. The socially awkward point of actually having to talk to her, getting close enough to her, and then sending it in. I don't know, I can, just, I can just have a feeling that the IRC crowd, if I was doing this on a live show, would be having a field day with it. But yeah, EA knew exactly what they were doing. Of course, they had to issue the apology. They played it safe. They wanted people to know that they're not trying to be offensive. Even the apology itself was kind of weak. If you think about it, you actually go back and read it and look at it. It was kind of, meh. But it got people talking. It got attention. Even if it didn't go off 100%, even if that poor nerd, whoever wanted, actually didn't get to go on a date with an actual woman, somebody that wasn't blown up in rubber, still, mission accomplished. I salute EA for a job well done. Ballsy, in my opinion. Which leads us to something that doesn't take a whole lot of balls. That, hang on, we gotta find this. Uh, throw this up there. Yeah, th this is gonna be different. Yep. This. This does have to do with the World of Warcraft. This is the Winer's segment, where we get to bitch about Blizzard and the World of Warcraft. Okay, here's what this comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. Recently, within the last several weeks, some brilliant technophile came up with the idea to make an armory page for World of Warcraft, the World of Warcraft armory, but make it an application for an iPhone. Again, let's go back and I want to say this again so everybody's very clear on what we're talking about. Okay? Somebody... You know what? I think they actually did play kind of low. I, this is very important, actually, that you people hear this and listen to it. So I'm going to throw this up here again. Hang on. Let me put that up there. Pause it. It's important that you actually hear this. This is the Whiners segment, where we get to bitch about Blizzard and the World of Warcraft. There you go. Okay, now you got to hear about the bitching. All right. 
I want to know what genius actually thought this up. A couple of guys and I, a couple of buddies of mine were at work, and we were talking about this last week. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make it part of the podcast, because I think it's that important that you hear this. All right? I want to meet the guy who sat down and thought to himself, you know what? You know what my phone's missing? I'm sorry. Let me put this in the correct term. Here we go. You know, guys, you know what we're missing here? I'm telling you, right here. We need an application for WoW Armory. Think about it. I was just saying the other day, I have no idea what my character is actually wearing. I logged off, and I think I was in my PvP gear, but I might have been in my PvE gear, and I'm afraid that maybe if my guild looks at me, they might laugh, and there was this really hot chick at work, and I really wanted to impress her with my, you know, shoulder pads of, of, of destruction, so I'm thinking maybe if I can roll up with my iPhone, maybe I can take a look to see exactly how it... Okay, look, b- bottom line is this. There is no point in your day that it is vital that somehow, some way, you need to know exactly what your armory looks like. You don't need to know what your character looks like. You don't need to know what gear you log yourself out in. At what point in, uh, in your day does the conversation actually come up that involves your World of Warcraft armory? Nothing! Look, I understand there's a lot of people... Hell, i played the game for a bunch of years myself. We had a very successful run as a clan, okay? As a guild. We, we did very well. And we had a lot of fun with it. Alright, now that being said, I, I cannot imagine being so addicted to this game that it requires me to launch my phone, grab the application, and just to make sure that my character is there. To see what kind of gear he's in. To see what guild he's in. Uh, do you need some kind of security blanket? Do you really forget what the hell your character was doing? And if you read the World of Warcraft uh, forums, or the actual the page that they've got this on, it says, you know, you know, when you're walking around, maybe you have an idea for a talent spec. Maybe you've got something that you want to work out just to test it out, see if it works, so the next time you're gaming, you, know, you can jump right in and you don't even have to worry about testing it out. I want to see a show of hands at home who are listening to this podcast later. Do you really walk around in your day-to-day life thinking about your World of Warcraft character's talent spec. Do you really worry about which achievements you have or don't have? Is your life so caught up in this virtual world that you require to have it on your phone so that at any given time of night, any given time of day, whether you're in the john, you're at work, you're at the pool, God forbid you actually are on a date and you say, hang on, babe, I know we were discussing, you know, our future, but I gotta check to see if my undead mage has those gloves that I think he does. I mean, there is, there is absolutely no need for this kind of application. And I'll tell you why this is important. And this isn't just, you know, some white guy sitting behind a microphone yelling and screaming and ranting about something that doesn't matter. Here's why it's significant. A couple months ago, I was watching uh, Dr. Phil. Now, I wasn't. Mystic Min was watching it, which means I was watching it. And one of the segments this bald bastard had on there was about all these World of Warcraft players and how they're addicted to the game and how they can't break away from it, how they can't get away from it, that they actually need to get help. And, of course, he was bringing up people who claim to be Warcraft players. And for all I know, they very well might be. I don't know that for sure. It's certainly possible. I mean, it very well could be. But it's already hard enough, ladies and gentlemen, 
It's already hard enough being a gamer in this day and age. It's already difficult now. And believe me, there's a lot of people out there that believe this. There's a serious stereotype in this country, and not necessarily just in this country, but elsewhere. It's starting to erode. It's starting to move backwards. But it's there. And there are a lot of people who actually buy into this shit that people are so addicted. And let's be honest, we all know somebody. We've all played with somebody, or know somebody who knows somebody, or have heard somebody that is so addicted to the game, not just Warcraft, but possibly something else, that they cannot break away from it. I mean, how many times have we read the forums and seen somebody post and say, the best thing that could have happened to me is that I unsubscribed, uninstalled the game. I actually went outside. I actually got to hang out with friends that I haven't hung around with in real life in quite some time. We've all got a story like that. We've all seen something similar. This does nothing to help out that stereotype. And you know what? In a lot of ways, it's not a stereotype if it's true. This does nothing to help those people that are so addicted to the game that they can't get away from it, that they actually have to take it with them. Now, am I talking extremes? Yes. I understand that. This is, Maybe we're talking about a small population of people. But when you got 11 million people playing this game, a small population maybe seem rather large if, when you think about it. 2, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. Now, am I saying that the World of Warcraft Armory app is you know, contributing to make people addicts? No, but then again, it's certainly not helping. I guess you have to question yourself. Are you that addicted to the game? Are you that hardcore about the World of Warcraft that you need something to take with you anytime, anywhere, so you can check the status of your character? Are you more wrapped up with your character's well-being, more wrapped up with what it's wearing than what you are for that day? I mean, and I can already, I can already hear right now the keyboards tapping away as people are sending me their emails, trying to explain to me. But uh, hang on, let's put this in the proper context. All right. But M, you're going way overboard. You don't understand anything. This isn't about that. This isn't about being an addict. This is something we need. Maybe we have to coordinate a guild raid that night. Maybe we have to check to see if we've got such and such gear. And, and maybe we're talking about it at work, and we're all guildies in real life. And... Look. Hang on, mate. Right. There we go. I had to set it back. There we go. There is no excuse you can give me that justifies having this. Yes, it's free. Yes, it very well probably is harmless. No, it is not vital that you need it. And that's not to say I buy into Dr. Phil's garbage. He's just like every other talking hit on TV. He's got to have something to talk about. I grant that. But again, it's like I said a minute ago. We all know somebody like that. There are addicts out there. There are people that are not able to break away from this game no matter how much they try. This just seems to feed into that. You don't need it. For friends, do not let friends get World of Warcraft applications for their goddamn iPhone. There's enough cool stuff out there for your phone. You do not have to use this. It, it just... it. Yeah. 
It butters my balls to think about it. I'm going to write that down. Butters my balls. I'm coining that term. I'm going to use that at some point. No, it doesn't sound gay. You are gay. <laughs> no, it's not gay. I, I'm sure there's got to be... I wonder if the, the next thing that Blizzard's going to come out with, maybe they should have a an application that you can get for your iPhone to help cancel your account. You know, or check up on your subscription. See when it's going to be up. Maybe I'm way overboard. Maybe I'm off the reservation. Maybe you don't care. That very well could be. I may be making a mountain out of a mohill of something that isn't very significant. And in the grand scheme of things, it very well might not be. It just seems to me to be one more one more example of how overhyped and over overexposed the game is. Like I said, I played World of Warcraft for several years. It's not like I hate the game. Are there aspects of it I don't like? Yeah. I'm not particularly fond of it. That's why I stopped playing. A lot of people do. I got burned out. A lot of people got burned out. But I really do truly believe that the game is overexposed at a level that I think is unprecedented. Give credit where credit's due. It's the most successful MMORPG of all time. Coming off of probably one of the most successful gaming franchises of all time. But you've got card games. You've got board games. You've got, you know, the video game. You've got soundtracks, t-shirts. You can get a goddamn replica sword. Who needs a sword? I can't imagine you're busting that thing out at, at dorm parties saying, Look, man, look at my sword, man. It's a Warcraft sword. It's like you people who go to these anime conventions, and I go to them. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I never said I wasn't. Who buy, like, the eight-foot Sephiroth sword. And yes, they make them. It's an actual metal eight-foot-long Masamuni sword that Sephiroth uses from Final Fantasy VII for like 300 bucks, and they buy it. You can't even swing the damn thing. It's not a real sword, but they buy them. I guess it's a collectible thing. They make beer steins. They make hats. Cereal. They've got pseudo-celebrities endorsing them. You know, not that, that Mini-Me doesn't really want to sell me on the game. I mean, hell, I saw Mini-Me, I'm like, damn, man. I gotta have that game. I, I, this is like Mini-Me here. Dude, you gotta go buy this game. I'm a no mage. Trust me, you two can be cool like me. Maybe you can start on the next Austin Powers, but only if you get the World of Warcraft. They're paying me like 500 bucks in a sandwich to go out and pimp their game. Yeah, you've probably never heard of me outside of Austin Powers. And you probably just assume kick me like a football and listen to me. But trust me, man, you gotta go buy this game. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't. Okay, you know what? And people are gonna give me shit about Ozzy Osbourne being a pseudo celebrity. That's right. That's exactly who I want pimping my game. Some brain-dead, washed-up musician who had good music 30 years ago, but can't remember his name, let alone what his character is or what game he plays. Does anybody honestly believe that Ozzy Osbourne actually plays this game? Or Mr. T? Or William Shatner? Maybe they do. What the hell do I know? But I, Ozzy Osbourne's not going to make me go out and buy the game any more than Mini-Me is. We're getting way off topic. Well, yeah, you know, No, we're not. We're not getting off topic. 
this keeps me on topic because this is this goes down to the heart of the matter. The game is overexposed, and I don't think Blizzard's actually doing themselves any favor by by doing this. When the game is everywhere, very quickly people start to burn out. And I'd love to see subscription numbers for the Wrath of the Lich King to see how the game's still going. In fact, I believe that, well, and this has nothing to do with subscriptions itself, but I'm pretty sure they no longer have China. I don't think World of Warcraft right now is, is being played in China. I believe it's on hold. And that's, I guess, oh, you know what, let's launch into it. It's kind of a bridge topic, but we're going on to it. I'm not sure how many people are aware of this. Uh, it, this happened actually about a month and a month and a half ago, thereabouts. That Blizzard tried actually switching companies to a different provider for the World of Warcraft in China. Because Blizzard actually doesn't do it themselves. And it accounts for several million players over there. But at, for at least the last couple months, unless this, is, this has been changed recently, Blizzard actually lost all of China because the Chinese government ruled in a lawsuit uh, filed by the old company saying that they were violating contract, that they were trying to switch providers and that wasn't allowed. The Chinese government stepped in and said, nope, no you may not. Everything's being put on hold and frozen. So for the last month or two, Blizzard has not been collecting on those. Now granted, they don't get a, a lot of money out of China. But that is the big market they can get into for other games. And, it, and I don't even think uh, WoW is the biggest MMORPG in China. It's one of the biggest, but I don't think it is the biggest. With other games coming down the pipeline, getting that kind of advertisement, getting their, themselves into that market, is vital. So, I mean... Now how does this go hand-in-hand with the overexposure? I don't know that it does. Maybe it's just a, a collection of stories I'm reading and seeing, and maybe it's just all getting up to one giant pattern. Maybe it's just showing me that the game, maybe the supports underneath that aren't as steady as they used to be. I'm not about to grab the trumpet and start holding the death of the game. Because we all know that's a bunch of crap. The World of Warcraft, the only thing that's going to kill WoW is WoW itself. And sometimes I think that's exactly what it's doing. Not with the changes or the patches, because although I don't play it, I do keep up with it fairly recently. I do keep up with what's going on every so, you know... Every couple of days, I check the forums and I check the news updates. And it just aggravates me that an application like that exists. And you know what? And I can hear people saying, "I just can't wait for their emails now." But Emperor, if you don't like it, don't use it. No one says you have to use it. <laughs> I don't know why they sound like Kiwi Herman, but they do. And yes, you're right. I don't have to use it. Does it affect me personally? No, not really. But it goes back to a lot of what I said earlier about, you know, call the Dr. Phil effect. It's hard enough for me to talk about games, and luckily I have a bunch of buddies at work who actually do game. They're, they're console gamers, but that's okay. You know, they're not bad people, although I do look down upon them. But it just feeds into that stereotype that gamers, that's all they can do, that's all they can think about is the game. It's just not a tool I, that I find necessary. It's just not something I find necessary to the game. To anything, for that matter. I don't know. I'm probably making more out of this than I need to be. But, you know what? I don't care. That's what I'm here for. That's my personal opinion. You don't have to agree with it. But that's the way it is. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out in any given situation, any given day, that you somehow, the situation comes up that you need your phone to check your WoW character. Period. 
Wait till you get home. Wait till you're in the privacy of your own hole in the wall. Wait till you get down into your basement. You can shut off all your lights and get away from the sunlight. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Excuse me while I grab a drink. It's actually kind of hot in Cleveland. Hmm. So when you're talking for an hour nonstop, you kind of have to hydrate yourself. A little bit anyway. It's just to wet the whistle. All right. Next topic of discussion we have coming up. StarCraft 2. A game, although for all my, all my issues with Blizzard on, on a variety of levels, this is a game I am wholeheartedly looking forward to. I cannot wait for the release of this game. Only to find out it's been pushed back till spring of 2010, but that's okay. I'd rather they push it back and get it right than release it like Warcraft 3 was when it first came out, and the pile of absolute garbage that was. It was it was horrific. Now, for those of you who think they need to bring it out now, to go into beta now, and then work out the bugs later, I, this is for you. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And you are, you're wrong. Better to get the game, and this is not the topic I want to actually get to. But since this is recently coming up, this has only come out within the last week, I think it's important to go over. I'd rather, much rather, that they get it right. Get the balancing down right. Take the time to make sure Battle.net 2 is stable. And that you don't have the unbalanced like you're imbalanced like you had in Warcraft 3, and you don't have the server instability like you had in Warcraft, World of Warcraft. Get it done right. Bring it out in spring of 2010 if that's what you need to do. I don't, I don't mind if the game gets pushed back from its initial development if they need to make sure the game is properly set. That's fine. Alright? However, and here's the big controversy recently, and this is still going on to this day. Alright? It was, it was announced by Blizzard that they would not be supporting a local area networking, land play over StarCraft 2. They would require that all players must go through Battle.net 2, connect online in order to play. Now there's a variety of reasons for this. They said that it's going to help in playability, that the way they're making out Battle.net 2 is that anybody anywhere will be able to connect, and that it shouldn't be that big a deal for people to get online to connect that way and play, rather than saying getting at your buddy's house with your computers getting together and playing there. The reality of the situation is, and I can I can certainly understand this, and this is probably not going to make me popular with my listener base, but I'm going to say it anyways. The reality of it is that Blizzard's probably trying to limit the amount of pirating that goes on with software. It is much easier to transfer games over LAN and pirate the software than it is in any other format. And you can argue with me on that, but I believe that to be the truth. It certainly was much easier for me. So I understand that they're trying to limit the amount of pirating that goes on with StarCraft 2. That's what it really comes down to. Now, here's the big bitch. There's a lot of people out there who are saying, well, this is going to ruin an entire avenue of gaming. That the most fun games are actually land games. Especially in StarCraft or WarCraft and games of that nature. And you know what? I agree. To me, those are the most fun. When I started gaming, I can actually tell you exactly when I started online gaming. It was back in 1996. Uh, I actually was a professional gamer. Believe it or not, yes, I was a professional Quake 1 player with my clan. 
We were actually sponsored by a hobby shop, which actually had um, a series of computers. They actually had uh, first, eight, then 12, then 16 computers on a T1 connection. They actually shelled out the money for this. And we played competitively all over the world through the Internet. One of the benefits of it, and probably the most fun I ever had with gaming, is the fact that we'd have 16 guys, not always playing Quake. A lot of us would play uh, Alt Online, too. That was much easier to coordinate as well. But even in like a 4 on 4 or a 6 on 6 match, it was always much more fun to just lean over and, you know, talk to your friend or the guy sitting across from you because they were, you know, like in like eight computer blocks. Then you'd have people screaming and yelling, oh, we got the flag! People are high fiving, you're throwing stuff, and, you know, maybe you pull a prank on your friend by, you know, loosening his mouse in the middle of a game or, oh, I don't know, putting mineral ice all over their mouse when they weren't paying attention, only to freeze their hands so they weren't able to play in the tournament match and end up losing by one guy. <clears throat> to me, those land games were the most fun because we were all there, it was a shared experience, it was much easier to coordinate, much easier to communicate, etc. But that was for tournament play. That was for actual practices and that kind of nature. I mean, let's be honest. Land play these days is pretty much dead. There used to be land parties all over the place. But a lot of the reason why was because back in the day... In my day! High-speed internet wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't as easily obtained by anybody and everybody, no matter where you were in the country. These days, you can get high-speed internet pretty much anywhere. Even Wi-Fi connections aren't too bad. So LAN play is pretty much gone by the wayside. It's, it's a dying art. It's a dying event. Are there still out there? Sure. And occasionally, you know, friends will bring their computers over to the house. You know, we'll play, we'll hook it up. Mystic Mim's actually pretty tolerant of that, which is nice. I hope you all get to marry a, a chick who's actually tolerant of your games or your gaming hobby. She isn't one, but she tolerates it, and that's cool. You'll probably hear her on from time to time. She'll come on the microphone with me, and when I can convince her to do it, of course, you heard her voice in the intro. That's an old intro. That's from, like, 2005, too. That's old. I mean, relatively speaking. But I agree with, with Blizzard. They have a right to protect their copyright information, their intellectual property. Now, years ago, I would have been the first one championing the cause of ripping these assholes off for everything you could take from them. Raise the Jolly Roger, folks. We're going to go up pirating. Now, in my old age, and I look back on it, it was the wrong thing to do. It's immoral. It's wrong. There's no reason people need to pirate anything. Go out and actually buy the game. It's not going to be that expensive. It's going to be phenomenal. The amount of hours of enjoyment and entertainment you get offset the 30 or 40 or 50 bucks that you pay up front. The online play is free. It's not World of Warcraft where you're going to be shelling out cash. There's no reason for you to pirate a game through LAN. Not everybody does. And I know I'm using a broad brush, but God damn it, that's what I'm going to do. That's what it's for. I'm going to speak in general terms because 9 out of 10 times, that's the case. There's a reason they're trying to prevent pirating through LAN because that's what was happening that's how it's getting through. They have every right to protect their property. They have every right to expect everybody to buy the game and play online. And look, you're going to get... What's the pings now that most people get? 20 ping? 30 ping? There's not a huge hell of a difference between zero, which is on a LAN, and like a 20 or 30 ping. Your reaction time, your micro speed isn't going to be that much better because you're playing online as opposed to playing locally. Get over it. 
in this case, I fully support Blizzard and their intention of making StarCraft II uh, not land-friendly. I'm sure somebody will hack it and somebody will come up with a workaround solution, and God bless them, more power to them if they can. Not something I would do, but then again, I'd suck at that kind of thing anyways. So there's that. I, I, I just don't think it impacting the game that much. And one of the things I saw people complaining about was, well, what happens if Blizzard decides to do a tournament? Like they do at, say, BlizzCon. Or what happens if, you know, if the world's cyber games, they can't do a local area network game? I'm sure that Blizzard, if Blizzard won't provide it, I'm sure that it's very feasible to create a separate server for everybody to connect to. I'm sure Blizzard has their own private servers. They have to when they, you know, demo the, the World of Warcraft arena, you know, at events. I'm sure it is very possible to do that. And I'm sure that's exactly what they would do in that situation. But there's not that big of a performance difference. There certainly isn't a big enough difference for the amount of, of bitching and crying and screaming I've seen going on over this over the decision not to make it land-friendly. I mean, this cannot impact that many people. It doesn't impact enough people to justify the kind of QQing that I've seen recently. You know what? And that's on us. That's on us, the fan, and... and There's enough out there for us to complain about when it comes to Blizzard. There's enough out there's enough out there for us as gamers to complain about in general about the gaming industry. This this isn't one of them. Pick your battles, folks. Pick your battles. If you're gonna hold up the the moral high ground flag and, and, and you're gonna cast down stones from above. Take something where you really do have an actual moral high ground. Because you know damn well that there's enough people pirating the game to make this necessary. I mean, using the internet is not that different. Ooh, they have the internet on computers now. There's no reason for it. There's no reason why you can't use Battle.net too. I know, I'm just going through my list of stuff. And usually I have a couple topics out there. And this is one of the things we want to do for future shows. And it's not just where, I, where the uh, audio email, where you send in your email. One of the other things I want to do, too, is I want to bring in occasionally guest hosts in studio. I don't do the guest host online thing. It's kind of difficult to do. But I do have several microphones hooked up to one PC in the studio. <coughs> My spare room in the back of the house! You see, we had an agreement early on in our... Uh, uh, marriage, actually wedding to be. Actually, we're not actually married yet. We're working on that though. Uh, that she got to decorate most of the house, but I got to have one room for myself, and that's what my studio is. It's got all my big screen TV and all my consoles and my games and all my sports trophies, my memorabilia, and my nice giant 30-inch ultra sharp Dell monitor that Blizzard gave me for winning their contest. What a beautiful monitor too. All my regular listeners from the live show are like, Oh, we've heard this story a thousand times in the last week, in the last month. Well, now you're hearing it again. <laughs> but, yeah, this is my room, so I get to do whatever I want. But I'm going to have a couple in-guest hosts. 
and they're going to have topics of discussion that are relevant, not just guys coming here and bullshit, but Mystic Man will come on here and we'll get her opinion as a woman on games. I actually wanted to get her opinion on the uh, Booth Babe thing, but she was actually busy tonight and I was tired of putting off this cast. This is like the third time I've recorded this, mainly because my computer got fragged by a virus uh, about a week ago and it wiped it out. So was not happy about that. But, you know, Baron Von Ghost will be by. I want to get him in here. He's a big console gamer. I want to get his opinions on a couple games he's played, get some reviews. There's a couple guys at the radio station at W3.com that I want to get to do, like, little five-minute segments about something that interests them. Get it to be a regular basis. I want to make this as, as interactive as possible for a podcast to possibly be. Even if it's not live, there's no reason we can't interact, you know, through emails or voice emails or ideas or you know, special hosts. Maybe there's a bit of video game music out there you like you want to send me. Uh, that type of thing. So I'm just going down my notes and noticing all that. The final thing I want to do tonight is I want to wrap up with a, with a game review. And uh, it's actually a console game, which is kind of unusual. And the reason why is I am not a big console gamer any longer. You know, I, I grew up in the Nintendo generation. I had the NES. And all the subsequent systems after that, the Genesis, the Super Nintendo, you know, I had uh, a PlayStation, a PlayStation 2, a PlayStation 3, now I've got a Wii, or my daughter's got a Wii, actually. Although I've used it a couple times. I'm not ashamed to admit it. There's a new Final Fantasy IV sequel out that I downloaded. They actually paid for. It's called Final Fantasy IV After Years. I'm a big Final Fantasy mark. In fact, a lot of the music tonight that you heard was Final Fantasy related. And get used to that, you're going to hear a lot of it. I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. Not of anything recent, but I'm a big fan just the same. So I played the Wii, but tonight's game is a console game. And uh, my interest in this game actually stems back from the original Nintendo. The game is called Dynasty Warriors Empires 6. So I don't know if anybody's played Dynasty Warriors 6. The game is very similar, but we'll get to that. Years ago, back in the day, in the original Nintendo, there was a game company called Koi, K-O-I-E-I, and they came out with a variety of war games, and I was a big war gamer back in the day. My father was a war gamer, and him and his buddies kind of got me into it as a kid, you know, especially in wintertime. In Cleveland, there's not a whole hell of a lot to do. You know, I'm not playing baseball, I'm not playing football, I'm not playing soccer in the winter. I was, you know, played a lot of sports when I was a kid. But I would watch them play these board games. You know, it'll be World War II, or maybe it was World War I, or the Civil War, or something. Anyways, they had a game called Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is actually based on historical characters, or historical people in a historical time period in ancient China. And it's actually, it's a series of books, of historical, pseudo-historical books, called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And they made a war game based on this, and all the different characters and people that appear in it. Well, fast forward a few years, okay? With the release of the PlayStation, and uh, the PlayStation 2 specifically, they started coming out with a new series based on the Romance of Three Kingdoms. It's called Dynasty Warriors. Now, what it does is, for those who have never played it or who are a little interested, the game is kind of like a, a button masher fighting game, okay? You take command of one of the generals of that era, one of the characters. And, you know, they have a variety of different abilities. They use a different weapon, they have a different armor set, you can accumulate items, there are some famous horses and famous weapons in the game that appear in history, and you get to fight all of the historical battles of that time frame in ancient China. 
Some of them can be fictional, etc. But it basically pits you and other AI generals, or if you want to play co-op, you can do it with one other player. And it drops you into the middle of ancient China, and then you fight a series of battles in like a small storyline mode for each individual character. And you get graded on how fast you can beat a map, how many kills you can get. You know, sometimes you have to escort, you know, one character to another location, or you have to capture something or kill somebody in a given amount of time. And it's a cool, mindless, button-mashing fun if you just want to hop in, okay? Those were the early installments of the game, okay? Final Fantasy, I'm sorry, Dynasty Warriors 6 came out, actually, I believe, last year. And one of the cool things about it this time around is that, for one, it's high definition. It's on the PlayStation 3. Um, it features a lot of the voice actors from, for anybody who ever watched Cowboy Bebop, and ones like that, it uh, features a lot of the voices from that show that do the characters. Yuri Lowenthal does a voice. Wendy Lee, who played Faye Valentine, does a voice. Uh, does a couple of them. Uh, the guy who did Jet Black does a bunch of voices for like Sao Sao and Sao Ren and the rest. It's very, very well done voice acting. The graphics are phenomenal. The voice acting is phenomenal. Uh, the fighting... The game itself isn't a whole lot of different versus the other uh, mix of that series. Dynasty Warriors 3, 4, 5, 6. It's got a kick-ass soundtrack. It's awesome. Especially like the hard rock kind of like, uh, you know, uh, techno type thing. It's awesome. All right. Now here comes Dynasty Warriors Empires. And what this does is this takes the best of both worlds, or at least it tries to. It takes the strategy effect, the strategy part of Dynasty, I'm sorry, of Romance of Three Kingdoms where it gives you uh, China broken up into various different provinces, different territories that you can control. Okay? And you fight it like a war game. On the other side is, you actually take command of the battles yourself, as again, one of the many generals from Dynasty Warriors 6. Now, if you've played 6, you're, you're going to find the controls and everything exactly the same. They pretty much just carbon copied it right over. Okay? The characters, the looks, their fighting styles, the voice acting, everything. The difference being that you can actually command your different units and different armies to attack certain places. You can build an empire. Um, other things you can do is that instead of being a ruler, you can actually be an officer. You can be an underling of another general and actually follow the orders uh, and do what you're commanded to do. Actually have missions that you can complete. You can be you know, a rogue officer. You can be a free agent. You can you know, pick whichever guy you want to work for. And you can you know, create items. And the PlayStation 3 now has the trophy system much like the achievement system that Xbox pioneered. Uh, you can actually unlock certain stuff. You can unlock trophies and by playing as different people. But I think the coolest thing about it is it actually has a character creation ability, which the other previous incarnations didn't have, at least not well. You can actually customize what your character looks like, its fighting style, its name, special abilities. And as you play out throughout the game, as you accumulate more items, you know, more money, you can actually set it about... You know, creating, uh, you know, getting your weapon better, or getting a better horse, or getting a better uh, treasure. And as you complete one mission or one campaign, you can save it and move on to the next and carry everything with you, which you couldn't do in other games. It's a solid installment to this series. Is it revolutionary? No. Is it that huge a difference between Dynasty Warriors 6? Probably not. To me, if you like the series, if you're just looking for some mindless, button-mashing, kick-ass fun, then you're going to like this game. Let's rock. If it's something that you're tired of the genre, you're looking for something new, something revolutionary, something original, 
in that Dynasty Warriors type franchise or any of the Warrior franchises, Samurai, Dynasty, Gundam, you're probably not going to find it. The voice acting is superb, the graphics are decent. I mean, it, it is high definition. It's not a huge takeoff of Dynasty Warriors 6. If you like the 6, you'll like Empires. I don't know that I would necessarily been. It, it's 60 bucks to buy it. My recommendation to you, though, is rent it. If you rent it and actually play through it, probably you can complete... If you get the hang of it, since you already know how to play 6, you can probably complete a campaign in about 2 or 3 hours. And you can save it right to your system. I would suggest renting the game as opposed to buying it outright. It's a solid rental. Kind of expensive buy unless you can get it cheap for eBay or maybe you can get it used for about 20 30 bucks. If you can, then i definitely get it. It's worth it. On a scale of 1 to 10, the Emperor gives it a solid 6.5 out of 10. It is, it is entertaining. It is a lot of fun. You know, most of my gaming choices tend to stay with the first-person shooters, the RTSs, the game genres that aren't very traditionally very good on a console. But this kind of fighting game, I liked it. I enjoyed it a great deal. So if you got a PlayStation, a PlayStation 3, and I believe it's also out for the Xbox, it might be worth a rent. Get a couple, get a buddy to come over, you can play it. You know, between the two of you can hack it apart. You create your characters to look exactly like you, pick whatever kind of fighting style you like, and off and off you go. And that's a, a general review of the game itself. You know, pick it up if you want to. But I would not recommend buying it at full retail price. See if you can find it cheaper elsewhere, be it on eBay or Amazon or maybe a, uh, a used shop somewhere in your town. But it certainly is it's worth the rent. Especially for the voice acting. I, I'm, a, I'm a casual anime fan, but I like the, the Cowboy Bebops of the world. Can you believe they're making a movie out of that? Speaking of movies, do not, under any circumstances, go and see G.I. Joe. Don't. Unless you want to have your childhood raped before your eyes, don't go see it. This pisses me off. It's terrible. I mean, there's like no storyline. None of that. You're not going to recognize most of the characters. The flashbacks are stupid. It's oh, it's abysmal. Save yourself the trouble, folks. Rent it when it comes on DVD. Better yet, wait till it's on free TV and it's been edited. It just ain't worth the trouble. Yeah, the Baroness is hot, Sienna Miller's hot, and that's about the best thing I can say about it. I know this is like a video game show. I don't traditionally do movie reviews, but on occasion I go and see something that's really, really good or really, really bad. I'll let you know. I know there's other shows on this station that tend to do movie reviews as a part of their uh, shtick. Far be it for me to uh, step on anyone else's toes, but it was bad enough that I can actually step out and say, God help me, what is seen cannot be unseen. Don't go see it. Trying is the first step towards failure. Anyways, let's wrap this sucker up here. Okay. Wow, it's been an hour already? Damn, that was fast. Well, when you're having fun, I, you know, time flies. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the first and hopefully a long light of installments of the Emperor's Court. A triumphant return here to World of Warcraft Radio, WCRadio.com, for your listening pleasure. 
uh, quick recap of all of tonight's video game music for those who will inevitably ask. Tonight's music came from Herzog Z, or Zway, uh, the Sega Genesis. We have the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from uh, Super Nintendo, Bladestorm from the PlayStation 3, Final Fantasy 4 and 6, and Final Fantasy 7 for various systems. I think you know. Uh, Streets of Rage were in there, too. Uh, who else? Ackraiser. Ackraiser, Romance of Three Kingdoms, and Sonic the Hedgehog all had tunes that you heard as the uh, bed music this evening. Oh, and finally, all to my line. Can't forget them. Um, I'm going to tend to use, like I said before, video game music most of the time in the background, mainly so I don't get any kind of copyright pissing matches with anybody and nobody cares. But I know a lot of people always ask me for my music selections, so they want to go up, look up the music themselves. There you go. If you need the list again, replay it. All right, I want to thank my staff this evening for helping uh, collect some of the songs, some of the music. Uh, okay, well, they didn't collect any of the music, but I want to thank them anyways for getting some of the articles tonight uh, and some of the articles we'll be using for next week. I want to thank uh, Death and Decay. I want to thank Mechahawk for uh, doing the scut work and finding those articles. And I also want to thank uh, Mystic Men for doing our voiceovers for the beginning of the show anyways and the little warning you heard at the beginning. Now, as the show goes on, this is this is the first episode. There's a lot more I want to do with it. And it's going to depend on, on the kind of interaction I get from you, the fan. So here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a forum set up on WCRadio.com. I want you to go there and give me the feedback from the show as you download and listen to it. What you thought, what you think, where you want to go with it. Not just an email, send it off to me, but if you want to get a fire off a quick message, that's the best way to do it. Also, don't forget my clan's website, clan1g.net. That's number one, the letter G.net. We're uh, celebrating our 13th year as an organization this August 16th. Outstanding. That's Clan1G.net. It's our community. Stop by, swing by, talk to us, game with us. All the good stuff. All the Clan Imperial Guard members are there. So I think that wraps it up. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Let's be honest, folks. As fun as this is for me, if you weren't listening, I wouldn't be doing this. So I appreciate it. Tell your friends. We're back on the air with the Emperor's Court. Look for it every Thursday as we're going to try and have the podcast up. Enjoy it. And I will see you all Friday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern Standard for the Esports Empire, where we do live interaction, live broadcast of games of all your esports favorites Warcraft 3, Empire Total War, Team Fortress.